Hey everyone, welcome to the Decipher the Media podcast. It's a great pleasure that I'm finally able to share this podcast with you all. It's something that I've been wanting to do for quite some time now. I've been wanting to do my own podcast. Previously, I've produced one other podcast. Um, you might recognize it. It's a Theater and That. Theater and At. Theater and At. The Pittsburgh slang term. It's great that I'm finally able to record my own podcast. It's um, something that I've really wanted to do. Some To be able to use resources um, that I have available to create something that um, pretty much I can just get into your hands and um, for you to kind of experience, you know, my passions. Basically... What this podcast is, is it's a a way for me to explore different parts of media, um, particularly digital media. This particular episode, um, we look at film, which obviously I've done a lot of over the years. Uh, so it's, uh, it's something that I'm very familiar with, um, but it's also something that... I'm still learning a lot about. I sat down with Brandon Keenan of KBT Productions and Nick Lamontia of Nickel 17 Productions. I've known these two for about five years or the entirety that I've been working in Pittsburgh. So it was a, it was a great pleasure to finally be able to sit down with them and just discuss film and filmmaking. Uh, they We've worked together on lots of projects in the past and the our most recent project um titled body farm has been probably the the biggest effort that uh that we've all done mr keenan and mr lamontia were the biggest producers on this on this film from my understanding this started out as a passion project it's it was something that brandon keenan wrote a while back and wanted to someday produce finally about I want to say two years ago, I believe it was, um, we finally went into production with it. I was lucky enough that Brandon Keenan asked me to be his director of photography, which is something that uh, I've tackled in the past, but not to this capacity. So it was definitely something that presented itself as a one of the biggest challenges of my life but it was also something that I was I have been most excited about and most invested with finally after two long years um, and I believe 20 odd production days we finally wrapped and now that we moved into post-production it's not too long before we will finally be able to see this project up on the screen. So it's a very exciting time um, for these guys. It's a very exciting time for me. And with this episode, we were able to just sit down and kind of discuss the process of it. What's going on behind the camera and what it was like for three indie filmmakers to work on this and what kind of process went behind this. Without further ado, I'd like to present to you our first episode. Enjoy. All right. All right. Let's try this again. Croder, start us off. Start us off again here. All right. This is Decipher the Media. Uh, my name's Stephen Croner. Um, today we have... Brandon Keenan with KBT Productions, and we also have Nick Lamontia with uh, Nickel 17 Productions. So, um, you want to just start us off from where we were? Um, we're just today we're discussing um, a little bit about film and uh, uh, a particular film that these guys have worked on recently that I've also been included with um, is uh, Body Farm. Um, hey, a vital piece. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. He was included behind, with. He was behind the lens every single the, time. Behind the camera. <laughs> the, the, mm. But uh, yeah. Anyways, so I appreciate you having us on. I mean, this is the first like real podcast that I've ever done. 
so it's kind of new new to me but um you know just to at least you know get people to know who we are we're just you know a group of filmmakers that are you know, living here in Pittsburgh and in the Pittsburgh area and uh, kind of had an idea to make a movie but this film Body Farm initially it was 2007 I wrote it and basically what happened was you know for seven eight years it sat on the shelf and did nothing so uh, I originally had just got a, like a small crew together was like let's do the first 12 pages of the film um, and make that into like a short and use that to try to make like a Kickstarter campaign or like, you know, a campaign that would allow us to, you know, generate funds in another way to make the whole film. Um, that obviously uh, wasn't something that we ended up doing. We made the first 12 pages and then Nick was playing one of the characters in the film and I basically, him being on set, he just sort of, it sort of happened organically where you just kind of, I, after we were done, I just asked him, I said, do you want to direct this? And he was like, if you want me to, I'm in. And that's a big commitment, though. <laughs> but I don't think we really knew what we were going to get into. We didn't have a time frame. We didn't really know what we were going to do as far as when the end game was going to be. So here we are, two and a half plus or two, a little over two and a half years later. Yeah, one of, the, one of the big things that we told people when we brought them on is, hey, this is going to be a process that takes a little while. Mm -hmm. um, we're funding this ourselves. Um, and we are shooting one, maybe two days a month, and that's 20 days of production. Instead of taking all that and putting it into two or three, four weeks at a time, we put everything in a spread out time frame. We did one or two days a month. We found our locations. One of the big things when I first read the feature script that was 115 to 120 pages was I talked to Brandon, I'm like, we need to pare this down. We need to make this for our budget. And so we went through and um, we looked and we combined characters. We worked on many things. Um, so they still can't hear it. And I think we're having some technical difficulties. <laughs> I'll just let everybody go ahead. You can keep going. Um, one of the big things that we did is we pared down um, characters, combined some work to get the script to about 75 or so pages and that gives us right now we've seen five five full screenings of the film and we're at an hour and 15 minutes um with credits about an hour and 20 and i guess overall the film while brandon tries to figure out our uh audio thing the the film's premise is uh we have this videography team um that is the main focus of the film and they are looking for their next documentary uh topic and that's a body farm and a body farm is something that exists there are a couple in the united states and they go through and they do um and analyze bodies they they, they analyze dead bodies yeah brandon can describe this a little better yeah basically um what they do i think i see that we still are live so i don't have any i don't have any issues i think a lot of the issues are probably on everybody else's end if you guys can if you're tuning in try to uh you know turn up your volume on your computers um, that should that should help you. I mean, we're we're still live, um, but anyways. Um, with that being said, uh, yeah. So the film the film basically is revolves around a group of filmmakers. Do you have there? But anyways. Um, yep. Okay. With that being said. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're oh, still good. For guys. anyone who's yeah. uh, you know might be listening to the podcast later on, uh, we're streaming live right now. So we've just been going through some audio issues. In case you're listening to this. You know, after the fact, just yeah. so you know. <laughs> Anyways, to get back to uh, what a body form is, there are facilities in the United States that study human decomposition and how the body breaks down. And, you know, what we try to do, what I, what I, I had, a, I think it was a medical student or somebody came to me and like, have you ever thought about, you know, you write scripts. Have you ever thought about writing a script around something like this? And I was like, well, no, but I have no idea what it is. So I did a little research on it and found out that these facilities actually put bodies in real life situations. You know, people that are in the trunk of a car, someone hanging from a tree and with a you know, noose around their neck. I mean, you have all of those sort of things that they, they make real life situations and they study it. They break it down. They, you know, it depends on blood type. It depends on, you know, if you had diabetes, you know, I mean, liver disease, any of those sort of things are all considered and studied. Um, and I, I'm be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure who it's funded by. I do know that the one I think in Tennessee is funded by the University of Tennessee or Tennessee 
it, it, unless it's an independent funding, but I, that is neither here nor there. But uh, I, what I did is I just basically made this script uh, revolve around a film production company that goes and wants to do a documentary on a body farm. They do this, uh, and when they show up, you know, they see all the same things that you would see at a normal body farm. I mean, we Hollywood it a little bit up, a little as they call it. You know, you doctor up a couple scenes and things like that, and we cheat shots and do what we have to do. Um, a lot of the rooms and stuff, although they, they might look gigantic on film, you know, is a lot of... when that And that goes to kudos to you, Kroner, and, and Tim, and, and Nick, for you guys, you know, making making a lot of the stuff that's in front of the camera look unique and look bigger than it can be or bigger than it actually is. Um, but... This crew basically goes and they, they visit this body farm, um, which was also originally a prison. So you'll see some shots. Um, you know, we had a chance to shoot at the West Virginia State Penitentiary in Moundsville, West Virginia. Uh, they actually go there. It's, it's, it's attached to a prison, which was there initially and was taken out by a tornado. And these doctors, they basically purchased this place, put it in place, and turned the rest of it into a medical facility. Um, so the, the film crew goes there, they film, you know, some of the you know, bodies and things that they see, and then they begin to uncover that it's much deeper and darker than, than just that. And taking that deep, dark twist kind of puts it in that horror film psych thriller genre. I guess if we were to pigeonhole it into one or two things that it falls under, but there's plenty of blood. Uh, we will say that. Uh, gallons and feathers. <laughs> we we yeah. peeled some people off of a concrete floor. Because the Caro syrup had set up. But, um... Oh, yeah. I was peeled off the floor. I, I, I was peeled off the floor, and I think Tim Roberts, one of our crew guys, was, was peeled off the floor as the as the Caro syrup set. Not to give away too much either, but we have, a, we have one set that we specifically called it the... What did you call it? The death room? The torture room. Torture room. I didn't know what else to call it in the script when we did the yeah. rewrite, and I'm thinking, I'm like, we have all of this <laughs> violence happen in this room. Well, yeah. It's not a... I mean, it's it's not like there's a label in the room, torture room, but there's just literally everything happens there. So it's like, Brandon, you're going to hate the name of this room, but that's what I named it because I put a lot of the violence right here. Yeah. Uh, Crudder, you, you were on the other side of the camera here, and you were involved in a lot of it. So you, you, I'm sure, I, if I remember correctly, a lot of your, your pairs of jeans and, and pants and stuff were covered in, oh, in yeah, blood yeah. and some junk. Well, the nice thing about that stuff is the care syrup, especially, that stuff washes out that I learned through the years of you know, working with that, <laughs> for the most part. Some of the mixtures are as, you know washable but but we you know i feel like on our set though you wouldn't even really know we were filming a horror horror movie with the amount of like upbeat and fun like we had like a really good we had a really we all meshed really well together and there was a lot of laughing and there's so many outtakes of like random things i think one of the big things just in my well now like 12 13 years of doing film related work and activities and things like that is one of the biggest things is on the most serious bloody sets you tend to have the most fun because mm. something needs to break the tension um and with all of that and done a lot of horror films um those tend to be the bloodier the the funnier uh while behind this behind the camera and so that that's one thing that we can say confidently about mm. our movie is we had a lot of fun making it and, and we're hoping that you guys have a lot of fun watching it uh, because it is a quick-paced movie. It's an hour and 15 minutes. There's a lot of blood. Um, we don't think it's campy, but it definitely has that horror vibe Yeah, it's uh, of a horror film almost of, to, to be cliche, yesteryear, in terms of how the violence and the blood unravels. Yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like one of those slasher films that, you know, you're just trying to get the effect on people that, you know, you're, you're going for nothing but gore. Um, we wanted to put a good story together. Um, we wanted to tell a story from beginning to end that makes people interested. It makes people interested in the characters. And, you know, we don't have, uh, you know, a Brad Pitt in our film, obviously. We don't have someone that carries the movie. You know, the, these characters, a lot of us, we are going off of what we know. I mean, and, and a lot of us, there's a lot of, I mean, we have a lot of great you know, great guys that are, and, and women as well that are in this film that do an amazing job. Um, we've even had to reach and, and ask Nick's wife to, to, to play, a, play a role. Our, our friend Brett Hollabaugh played a role in it. Um, <laughs> but we had some bigger Pittsburgh actors as well. Dave Petty, Tom Mirth. Um, John Iwanahue. I always have uh, a hard time with that last name. I can never pronounce it. <laughs> Dave Ogredowski. Uh-huh. Um, Dave is awesome. 
So Jenny Bushnell, those those yes. actors helped fill out the ensemble that uh -huh. made Body Farm. And uh, one thing that when we looked at that script that really drew me into it, when Brandon first said, hey, here's here's my script, let's make this into a feature, one of the big things that I saw was like, there are a ton of characters here that we can make something out of. We can tell a story with a bunch of um, unique, eclectic, different types of people. Right. Um, and that's what draws me in. And, and we were able to take those characters, hopefully, and tell a streamlined story that you connect with. Mm. Um, and and that's that was our goal for Body Farm, is take these interesting small-town characters, because ultimately the Body Farm's set in almost the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. um, in the mountains, and you have a whole bunch of different people that hopefully you either relate to or you just find to be fun performances to watch. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you make a good point. There's there's a lot of a lot of people. One person that always sticks out in my mind is Mike Reaping. Like he, you know, with with him and Nick working together in, in sort of creating this character in it, you know, he he's one of the first people that you see that is truly lively in the film. And I think, you know, his abilities, you know, really make that happen. And um you know I, and, and not to take away from any of the behind the scenes crew because we had some of the best people that I've ever had the chance to work with. I mean, that are just, you know, and obviously there's there's only so much money that can go around because it's such a low-budget horror film. A lot of people were, you know, driving such long distances and stuff, and, like, you have a crew that, you know, when you have bare-bones minimum when it comes to, to your finances, we had people that went above and beyond expectations. I mean, we, had, we had PAs playing extras, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. we put our one production assistant through four or five hours of makeup, <laughs> and, uh, for him to sit on a cold steel table, uh, Luke. Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, just yeah. a for a fun time and and people. We were hoping like the, these what over the course of two years, what became a crew in in a in a, a job or pseudo job, however you want to phrase it. We became hmm. this like weird gel of experience that kind of worked like i hate to be again cliche say like oh we were a family but like the the body farm thing took so long to shoot and to to yeah. mm. to make that like i'm holding meetings with tim roberts and steve here um like the week before every shoot and it just became like we had this system down where we'd be like hey guys what works for you okay this 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 and this uh steve would get his coffee and he'd be ready to go. <laughs> Steve would work a lot of shifts overnight where yeah, he uh, didn't yeah. have when any sleep Back whatsoever. when I was still working uh, overnight shifts, and it was, yeah. uh, then I'd be rolling right into the start of the day. <laughs> so, You'd always walk in with a... that same look on your face like, oh, let's get rolling here. So, yeah. <laughs> But it was trying. It was very trying for, at times because you, 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 people are working regular jobs. They're, they're, you know, this is something we were doing on Saturdays and Sundays, and that's people's weekends off. You know, and, and one, fact, week, one week to shoot. We shot on a Wednesday night. What, oh, was, yeah. what was that? We did a interior green screen van yeah, shoot. Green screens. Ah, yes, that's right. In my backyard with a thirty foot green screen <laughs> and a big white van. And, and it was really, really windy that night. I remember. But yeah, John Gallagher, were... kudos to him for standing there with the lights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our producer, <laughs> onto the, our producer John stands. Gallagher, has two light stands in hand, sitting in a lawn chair, <laughs> just taking in the wind as his cheeks flap like a. Unfortunately, I don't think like John has. Out. I don't think he has Facebook, so I don't think he'd be able to tune into this. But we'll make sure uh, we get him a yeah. get him the coffee out. There. <laughs> kudos to you, John, for for. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was one of the most surreal and fun experiences I've ever had. Like I I can't, you know, going to the West Virginia State Penitentiary and shooting in there um, with a crew of. That day we had, 20, we had our 30, we had twenty. I don't even. Thirty three, I think, total with extras, behind the scenes crew, makeup artists, grips, yeah. camera yeah. people, every a technical expert there that we that we brought on from. The prison itself, Chuck Gent. Oh yeah, we were uh, we were well equipped. That yeah, thing. Ray Ray, was it Mong, Mongeli? Mongeli uh, was our steady cam operator. Oh, yeah. Absolutely awesome. I mean, complete professional. Like we just, we were so we got so many like, well established, really good professional young filmmakers that that it's just been completely surreal that we had that we got this lucky to have such a great group of people. I. Although I, I, when I wrote this script, I never in a million years imagined that this was what it was going to be like. And it's been so cool that I still like get chills thinking about 
all of the people that, that partook in this, you know, we had so much going on and so many things and people had four or five jobs at a time. I mean, it, we didn't, mm. you know, there wasn't like we had a budget for a crew of 300 people. I mean, the was, one, go ahead. I was just going to say the one thing too that sort of made this whole project work is I would come to Brandon with ideas uh, for how I wanted to shoot the scene or the scenes for that day. And I would go to him and he'd be like, well, did we talk about this before? Because this is some, this is an angle that I wanted, or this is something like that. Like we've had this, we had these weird overlap where as a co-directing team, I took the lead on set, mm -hmm. but so there was only one voice for people to go to in terms of creative visions. But that vision came from pre-production meetings and things like that where he and I would discuss. And a lot of the things I would bring to the table or he would bring to the table, we had the same ideas coming back and forth. And it, was, it, it really made the vision of the film work. I think the only thing... We never clashed. I don't think we clashed The only on that. thing that I can think of, and it wasn't even a clash, it was there's a weird trippy effect that we did. Oh, yeah. Um where I actually had to come in and take the footage. Brandon sent me the footage to my house, and I made like a test edit of it to show him what I wanted. And it was uh, when the one character wakes up in the bed. Um, mm. And we did all, we shot eight different Dutch angles of this character waking up in bed. Oh, yeah. and, and how they wanted to be edited together. And the whole <laughs> thing was like, the whole camera movement motivated the action. So mm. once the character comes to, there's this movement of the camera settling. Yeah. And uh, Brandon's like, I, I, I don't I, know. I, I don't literally know. had to be like, I, was like, I don't know what you want me to edit here. Yeah, I, did, <laughs> I didn't really know what, uh, what you were really getting at there. I just assumed you knew what you were doing or talking about. So I was just like, all right, yeah, I'll just shoot a bunch of these. Uh, Croder also does that whole, yeah, yeah let's go with that. <laughs> let's do that. And you're like, sure is Croder 100% on board with this? Or is he just saying, is he just saying yeah. you just to agree with us right now? <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, it, hopefully worked out but it was something that that was probably one of the only times we were like and, and Tim, i was confused yeah i just wasn't 100 percent sure what you wanted to go with but it, it worked out i mean we i mean the 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 character's disoriented and then comes too so mm -hmm. we wanted to i wanted to establish this in-camera confusion mm -hmm. in the edit and then have the in-camera motivation to the settling yeah. of that confusion um and there was another one that neither of us I knew what I wanted with this shot, and I, and I wanted, as the character, as another character comes to in the film, I wanted us to rack to the doctor, back and forth, rack focus, back and forth, and, and Tim Roberts came to us with uh, the concept of lens whacking, where we right. actually disconnected the camera. Yes, oh, that was awesome. Uh, or yeah. disconnected the lens from the camera, and actually let a little light filter in from the side, and it gave this really mm. trippy ambiance to the shot that really made it makes you feel like you're in the scene. The mm -hmm. scene is covered, literally we covered, what, it was almost a page and a half of dialogue or a page of dialogue it, it was in a lot. one shot. Yeah. Just going back and forth with the lens whacking, letting the light in and, and making sure that... Um, yeah, and for a lot of you that don't, these are a lot of technical terms that I'm not going to lie, even I didn't know what they were. <laughs> as, as a quote-unquote co-director with you, you know, you guys sort of taught me those sort of things and... and those were all things that I didn't really understand. And when you see the film, you'll you'll understand like there's some things that go on that require certain efforts and stuff. Um, you know, Steve, you and Tim and, and, and Nick, obviously you guys got on the same page with doing some of those things. Yeah, one of that, the one of the my favorite parts of the entire two year process was sending Brandon that subtle text message or email. Hey Brandon, we need this. <laughs> He's yeah. like, uh, do we really need that? It just cost us I'm like, Yeah, 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 we, yeah, need, we that. need that. But in Nick's defense he has had the uncanny ability to save me so much when it comes to sets. He's very good at picking sets, though, that I'm entirely too tall for. But he he still uses lenses <laughs> and the cameras necessary to to make it work. Um, there's a lot of just trust me, Brandon. And honestly, in the end, after editing everything, I I do I trust you know Dave Major, another guy, our sound guy. Like I, you you have to just trust in people and like you know as time would go on, you know, you learn their styles and you get used to it and you listen to them and you, you know, it, it, again, I hate using this word, but organically it started to come together by the time we were finished shooting. I was like, wow, this, this is awesome. Like it just was getting better and better. But you know, Nick did honestly, I, there was, there was times where I wanted to buy stuff and Nick's like, don't even bother. Don't even bother. We can do <laughs> this and we can adjust this and, and you can do it for that much cheaper. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of it, thrift stores and uh, <laughs> a lot of thrift stores. A lot of yeah, hot glue, uh, calculator <laughs> parts. Um, Nick coming over at my house at 7 a.m. and drilling into my foundation to build a movie set. We have two <laughs> yeah. movie sets in my basement. Yeah, two of the that, different sets are in the, the basement. The director yeah. here built himself, basically. With you and, is it you and your dad? Uh, my dad came over the one day to help because I was like, we are not going to make deadline. You had a shoot for work. And uh, I was off for the day, and I was like, Dad, I need an extra set of hands. And my father, uh, who I think has a credit as construction assistant, um, who's a labor foreman, <laughs> came in, and uh, he and I built uh, the security desk from a bunch of scrap wood that uh, he had in his house. And we could, we just did. My mom was, was praying to get rid of that wood. Yeah, it was a legitimate security desk. It is a, it yeah. is a, <laughs> half, it is a half of a hexagon. I, I walked in there and I was like, there's no way this is going to work. Like, I'm looking at it, looking at it. And then I watch it on film and I'm like, oh, that definitely worked. So, like, you, you just... Filmmaking is so bizarre in that sense that although what you might see with your naked eye as opposed to what you see with a lens can be completely different. Mm. I think oh, yeah. a lot of what helped me take that aspect was I've worked with these guys before. Steve worked on four of my shorts. Three. Three of my shorts. Yeah. And Tim was a DP of one of my shorts, and I think he worked on another one. Um, yeah. And I've done four shorts and a web series as a director prior to Body Farm and some live shows. Um, it's more credentials than me. But <laughs> this is your office. You have this guy. I do. Uh, I, do, I, do. <laughs> I, I could decorate to make it look like I'm important. Just put a slate there, and we'll be ready to go. Uh, <laughs> But um, a lot of that was trusting those guys and, and trusting the fact that I have Steve behind the camera. Steve worked as an AC on my films and a second assistant director. Mm. Um, and a still photographer. And a still photographer, I think, uh, for the yeah. one. That was a, hey, Steve, you want to bring your camera? Yeah. Uh, we need some behind he, the he scenes. He gives the old, we, we need, yeah, I can, I can do we that. We need an extra <laughs> hand, but also, could you take pictures while you're doing that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> can, I, can, I can do that. Steve, <laughs> Steve, I'm going to show you the union paperwork, how to fill that out, and bring your still camera. <laughs> um, and, but I, I, I will say, overall, working with this crew helped us in, in taking the experiences I've had on other films and, and their experiences and sort of mm -hmm. meshing all of those together um, brought this to where it is. It was a good chemistry. Yeah, it's a. I don't think I've ever worked on a uh, production where it was, you know, the, the chemistry just worked that well, and everyone just, uh, you know, really clicked. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it, it clicked in people that aren't film people. Uh, Brett yeah. Hollibaugh are pretty much the third lead in the film, who's been my best friend since I was in sixth grade. Yeah, he really nailed uh, it. I mean, he came in and just nailed his part, and we looked at him we're like, yeah, Brett. Um, <laughs> we're gonna need you for a lot longer than <laughs> you're. You're you're in forty five pages of scenes. He's like, it's a lot of weekends like, what that, that you're not sleeping he's in. Like, what is he's like, what does that mean? I'm like, yeah. And he and I had lived together at the time. I'm like, that means I wake you up, I throw you in the car, I wake up Kevin, the assistant director, Kevin Hanna, throw him in the car, and we go to set. Uh, and he's like, oh, okay. And off, like Brett's one of the best improvisers that I've worked with ever, oh, yeah. to the point where we'd give Brett the script, and he'd look at it maybe once, maybe once ahead of time, and then he'd just give. nail this performance. And we're sitting there like, he's like, "You guys sure it's okay?" I'm like, "Brett, yeah, you got this." I don't, yeah. I don't stop until it's good. Like, yeah, I wrote the script, and I feel like there were times where Brett knew his lines better than I did, and and. and, and <laughs> I can use an excuse to saying it was because I was trying to do other things on set, but he did. He nailed it. I mean, like, and there's other people like like your wife, Tori. She, she, I highly doubt that horror films are her sort of thing, but we brought her in uh, in the part that she played. She nailed it. I mean, like, and she, you know, she has uh, her 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 character. You know, like needed to be more of a. She was the exposition. Yeah, and she helped bring us to up to speed as to what what goes on at the body farm. And she came in, she came in with some complicated scientific dialogue at times and just nailed the part. Mm -hmm. And 
And, and I'm not even saying that because I have to go home tonight. She she did. Uh, no, I'll give her credit because she dealt with us for how long the way through the engagement too. And yeah, engagement and uh, hey, Tor. wedding planning. So <laughs> we're gonna get, we need you to go film this yeah, movie on she's, Saturday. At the time, she was three months pregnant, four months pregnant, and I told tell her, uh, uh, yeah, I'm renovating my basement. And I was Brandon goes, you think we can shoot here? I was like, hey, Tor. You're, you're pregnant. Do you think in, a, in two months we can uh, shoot here? She's like, yeah, that's fine. So thanks, Tori, uh, for yeah, that. Yeah, thanks, Tori. Uh, so we ended She's up shooting in my basement. Eyes, rolling your eyes at us right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if. We had to, hey, you got to make, that's the thing about filmmaking, though. You you have to improvise and find, you know, your best case scenario, what you can use. I mean, like I said, luckily it was one of the situations where we were able to build, build a, you know, a set directly into Nick's basement. We built two into mine. Like, it just to pay for permits or to pay to, to film at a certain location or just to obtain a certain location is mm. really difficult to do. That I've learned that now as a filmmaker. Like, you know, we're not... Two sets in my basement. I just remembered. We used the brick wall in my garage. Yes, that's right. Yeah. We needed hallway shots. Yeah. Figured it out. And again, oh, this is another day where I'm staring, watching, looking at the set, like them prepping everything. I was like, this isn't going to work. There's no way it's going to work. And then I watched it on film. I'm like, this definitely works. It just, you know, it, it happens, I guess, and that's a part of the of the... I mean, you've been a part of this film community, Steve, for how long? I mean, you about five years, I'd say. So yeah, you've been there. You know what it's it's like. I mean, you've worked on was it Kevin Hanya's? Wait, no. Who's no. who's who's was it that you worked on? Didn't you work on somebody's recently, like over the last year or two? I've worked on. I mean, besides the first forty-eight, uh, the forty-eight, yeah, first forty-eight, the forty-eight-hour film project. I thought there was another one that you might have worked on or no. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple other projects I worked on. You're outside or something, maybe. I no, no, I no. can't remember. Uh, it, I don't know. None, there, nonetheless, there's a couple though. couple groups of people I work with uh, around the community. But, yeah, uh, you know, was, uh, I do grip stuff as well, grip or gaffer or um, you know AC things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. You know, well, it, I I I guess what what I was getting at with all of that is that we've worked. There's so many different settings and so many different like. I mean, I, I just was watching some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. from our, We have a lot of security cam shots in this film. And there's one where, Kroner, you were walking out in the middle of like the field by yourself, and it's just windier than hell, and there's snows coming down, and like you could see the look on your face, and it was just like, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a miserable day to be filming. I think Tori was sick that day. Yeah, yeah. my wife was had a some sort of sinus infection going on. and You wouldn't we, know it. We put her in 20-degree weather. <laughs> and uh, the snow came down, set the scene beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was a lot of there's a lot of times though where you work as filmmakers that you have to quote unquote make do. Yeah, we're in the middle of nowhere in <coughs> Hopewell Township. Yeah, and up on top of this hill, and the snow is just falling, and she's sick. Mm -hmm. The crew is bundled to all hell. To, it, it was and uh, um, not hell, to a tundra. But yeah, it was it was cold. I mean, it was miserable, and we had we had a we had a guy who had to lay on on ground in uh, freezing cold for yeah. four hours. Got an inner ear infection. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Brian. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just just overall, it was people put people put up a lot to make this yeah. happen, and, and I think that's one thing with indie films. Yeah, I I can't say thank you enough to all the people around us that that really helped along the way, and you know, Steve, that obviously includes you as well. There were so many people that had so much effort and work you know that went into this you know so many hours so many hours of sitting in makeup so many people that had to do makeup you know like there was there was so much stuff that went into it that when you look at it there's just not enough thank yous for everything i mean like this might have been my bucket list but all these people around us helped make this happen um so again huge thanks to everybody and all their efforts i've been been getting by the way i've been getting asked a lot well when are we going to see this when are we going to see this um filmmaking takes a very long time and i do apologize for for that uh, and, and, you know, Nick and I were on, obviously, a very strict budget, but we're hoping no, November-ish. November, my wife's due on Halloween. Yeah. So so the original idea was to have it come out on Halloween. We don't want to take that chance of Nick being at the premiere. And no, we're going <laughs> to work around that off. schedule. Give us some time. It's in the yeah. hands of our composer, Mikey Ruckus. Yeah, um, Mikey's, uh, Mikey's doing the composing right now. So. And so we're hoping to get a draft from him in mm -hmm. the next couple weeks in terms of our first score. From there, we're going to make some tweaks probably within the visual edit mm -hmm. and then take that back to him for sort of a yeah. final composition where the three of us will sit down and fine-tune 
yeah. where we're at with what we're at. Yeah. And we don't want to rush this. And I've told Brandon this a few times, and he and I go back and forth and talk about this a lot, is people have put their time and efforts into this for literally two, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure it's right. We're not going to put something out that isn't right, that doesn't have the right audio mix, that doesn't have the right edit. And, and even if it's down to the frame-by-frame frame editing, like, yeah. hey, let's take this out, let's make this work, let's speed this up a little, let's slow this down. Um, we yeah. want to find that pacing, we want to tell that story, and we want to do it the right way. And yeah. so that does take time. And if that means it we would have... do a, It would do a disservice to people that busted their butts for us. You know, we, we need to just do all the little fine-tuning to make it work. There is right. a final edit done. But it still will be tweaked after the music, background music has been done. Yeah, we have to figure out what those beats are that we're hitting with the music and things like mm-hmm. that. And, and doing post-production, something that I've worked with in terms of a composer. I worked with my cousin Leo Sedaris on all of my other projects. And then uh, I worked with Cody Hetler once. And those guys, we had different styles. And Mikey's his own style. So it's finding those balances as to how to do things. Yeah. Um, like it's- literally with Leo, I sat down beat by beat and we figured out a rough draft mm-hmm. and then I let him have his own way for a couple of weeks and then he got a, a product back to me and every composer works differently and yeah. so I mean, we, we still have to get our notes put together for Mikey and send them over we send them over the, the, the cut but we still have to get together him and I and put together our notes and what we want to send over to him to for him to get started I mean there's there's just so much that's involved and like everybody has such a big part like you, you don't realize and like you said every composer has their own style um Mikey, luckily, he fell right into my lap. He contacted me by finding us on IMDb, and you know we we interviewed a bunch of a bunch of composers, and we felt that he was the right fit for us. Um, you know, it worked it's, well with us. We he had a style that fit what we wanted. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. that's just, we we wanted to go. I wanted to go like a classic horror film strings aspect, mm-hmm. but with some deep bass, and I and I and I think that's something that is going to sell what. Yeah. what our visuals are and and overall that's kind of where we're at in terms of body farm yeah yeah i think that that's that's fair to say i mean it's a, it's a process you know but uh we just keep on grinding and, yeah and i mean look for press releases look for yeah. media in the next probably six months or so coming out of mm-hmm. what this is where it's going to be seen don't worry it's not going to be okay premieres next week we're yeah. going to give it the due due yeah. diligence to have its own run i want to fill a theater I want people to see this. Yeah. I want to see the people who have supported us to see it. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest goal for this, for us. Yeah. And the, the most important part is that we get it done right. And when we do, the, everybody that has worked so hard on it. And we have lots of friends and family that want to see it as well. Um, I have none. <laughs> Nick doesn't have any friends and family. <laughs> I have family and no friends. <laughs> but we do. We want, we want to make sure that we get everybody in the seats and be able to see what we've done. And we hope that they enjoy it as much as we have you know, in the last two and a half years of just working on it. I mean, oh, definitely. Been, yeah. So, um, you know, Steve, I don't know if you... What? We, we've pretty much been talking your ear off this whole time, but... Oh, no, no. It's yeah, the first I, time. This is two and a half years build up of not being able to, like, we haven't no, really talked no, much about good, it. That's so. good. I'm glad you guys have, uh, you know, have a lot to talk about. And it's uh, definitely, you know, a... a uh, has it been, like, a bit of a learning experience for you to kind of do Completely. this? And, yeah. I yeah. didn't know. There was things you taught me, things you taught me. I didn't even know. Uh, there, there was just a lot of different, like, terminology, too. I mean, in you oh, know, yeah. you're, you have different lenses, and, like, we use the Canon, is it a 60 or a 5D? A uh, 60. Yeah, okay, so we use the Canon 60. Sometimes two. Yeah, we had two going at once at mm-hmm. one point. But, like, I looked at the camera when it first came in, and I'm like, wait, this isn't what's supposed to, what a film camera's supposed to look like. Oh, it's it's it? not at all a film camera. It's a, well, it's a, it's a DSLR, but it can, you know, it, it shoots well enough that you can you guys, get good you, you guys off. nailed it with the yeah. right lenses. I mean, and I, it, it was, it just, I learned so much from it. Like, this has just been such a unique experience that... You know, you don't need... One of the things that I've learned um, through working in this community is you don't need all the most expensive equipment to make a good movie. Right. Um, really, all you need is a knowledge and, you know, a good crew that under that connects well, understands, you know, your vision. Right. And what, you know, what you want to bring to life. And if, if you have all those pieces put together, I mean, you can still make a good, good film without having a, a huge budget, you know, renting out all these... You know these big cameras and you know lights and all that stuff. So absolutely, one of the one of the big things that Brandon and I talked about when we were sitting down trying to figure out how to do this was like, 
how are we going to do it camera-wise? Um, how are we going to figure out our budgets? We don't have a budget for a red. We don't have a budget for a black magic. We don't have those that aspect of it. How are we going to make that work? And when we sat down and discussed it, what came out was story. We're, we're going to make this work, hopefully, through the story that we're telling. Right. And if that means shooting it on an iPhone 5 at the time, or 4, I don't <laughs> even know the time frame it's been so long, but... Regardless of what the actual technology is, if you tell a story, if you have good sound, if you've create, created engaging visuals, right, have cool characters. I mean, ultimately, to me, I think that's the biggest strength of Body Farm is there are so many cool characters. Everybody has their own little idiosyncrasies that right. you can connect to or you can connect to or you can connect yeah. to. Yeah. I remember when I wrote the script, too, there was somebody that I met with that was like, you need to make these characters likable. And he kept stressing that to me over and over and over again. Like, what mm -hmm. is it about these characters that make you want to like them and make you want to care about them? And I feel like, you know, writing-wise, sometimes you don't always get it until that actor gets on set and really makes it happen. You know, we're all... All the characters have just been so much d different. I mean, even the three main characters are all completely different people. But they get along and they interact well together, you know, on film. Um, you know, at least the way it's been cut, it looks that way. <laughs> to us, to, yeah. to the t 12 people that have seen the, the test screenings. Yeah, but, not, um, not very many. <laughs> but the, the one thing, too, that we've all can come back to is that we all wanted to tell this same story. Mm -hmm. and, and we were all on that mm -hmm. same level, and we all made that connection. Um, and whether it was previous connections prior to that helped make that fluid, ultimately... What we wanted for the audience is to tell a story that they can relate to, that has nice pace to it, mm -hmm. that has cool characters. And that was my vision. One of my biggest things, and having been in the indie film world here for a decent amount of time, now over a decade, as I go gray right here on the temples. Um, it's not noticeable. We can, we can hide that with lighting. Do a little just for men. See? No, I'm no bring, Carter, I'm you're, you're good. all the way. You're I want to go You're gray. good with lighting. You just hide all that. <laughs> I want to be Mr. Fantastic. Uh, let me just reach that mic. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't have. He doesn't have big goals, does he? <laughs> uh, just the scientist. Just want to be stretchy. Just want to be stretchy. Be stretchy um, anyway, <laughs> uh, no. The 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 big thing is pacing means everything in the indie film world, and I've watched so many films that even I've been a part of that it's just like where is this going? Mm -hmm. um, I I've lost a lot of my life on Fearnet. When it existed, uh, and uh, it had some good ones though. Yeah, Santa's Sleigh with Bill Goldberg. Uh, yes, and there's a lot of great. There's a lot of films on it. You're just like, yeah, you, Santa rides an oxen. But you can't uh, help but say, I'm gonna at least watch the first. No, and I watched it all. Like, <laughs> my whole thing is, I've committed to everything. I will commit to a movie 100. percent The only movie that I've ever shut off on the first viewing was Time Machine, but that's a story for another day. Um, but the one thing, even losing all those days of my life watching Fearnet is pacing. And I think with Body Farm, we've established something that goes very quickly. Um, I peaked the mic there, sorry. Uh, it's yeah. fun. And uh, be snapping your fingers at me. I just, I snap. I'm in a doo-wop gang. But no, I, I think to get, to get to what you're saying, it, it, it does. I mean, like, those are the things, though, that, like, Nick is saying that I really wasn't even thinking about that much, but now once you actually get the chance to see it, I, I believe that it does tell a compelling story and it does keep moving yeah. quickly. You know, I mean, I, I hope that... I don't want to be lost in the story. Right. And and we, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I truly do believe in this film and I believe a lot in this project. And I, and I think that, you know, as much as it's been talked about and everything, I really don't want to disappoint. You know, I want to make sure people do enjoy it. I, you know, the people that have done the test screenings, I've actually taken them aside and say, just shoot me straight. Tell me if you do, if you do or do not like it. Is there anything about it that you're not a fan of? And they've given us tidbits and stuff about it that they think needs changed, and we're going to definitely work that in, you know, and, and you have to listen to your audience and be realistic. You know, I'm not Scorsese, you're not, I mean, we're not, you know, we don't have this gigantic budget, and we also don't have his mind. You know, we're our own entity, we're filmmakers, and we're trying to create a good story, and I, I do believe in it, and I do think that it does flow well, um, you know, and I'm not just saying that, I, I, and I'm, I'm really excited for everybody to be able to take a look at it. And Yeah, I think, too, one of the things that, we struggled with as directors and it's not with each other but just in general is finding finding that pacing that flows and uh there were times where i just sat brandon down or he sat me down like this 
doesn't work. Yeah. And we have to just remove this aspect of the story or we have to put this and there's, aspect And there's been the times where we both, like, one of us didn't want to let go. And there's there's times where I'm like, no, I, I, it has to be in there. We have to do it. We have to do it. But like you said, you have to work together. And, and I mean, we ended up shooting, what, six pickup shots? Something like that? Five or six? Well, we reshot at least 12 pages, I think, too. Well, not even including the reshoot. Because we did yeah. a reshoot... Um, the original stuff that we shot in the very first time we shot just didn't work story-wise once we did the rewrite for yeah. the feature. So we went back and I think we maybe kept one quick scene from that. Yeah, just and then, just one. Yeah, and it was maybe 30 seconds long. Croner, uh, you were there for both days of that shoot. It was like 16-hour days. And yeah. We, and we, yeah, unfortunately, crazy. we had to scrap we know, kept, everything we but kept 30 seconds. seconds. Yeah, we, we kept 30 seconds of... 12 pages so yeah. we kept a half a page um and it just because that stuff didn't work and brandon and i sat down and we rewrote it and yeah and centralized that scene and we were able to do some cool stuff we had we had a couple of dolly shots that we added in there yeah we um, had we got lucky enough that we got there were certain crew members that were available to us when we did the reshoot that really i think made it come yeah, together kevin kukler came yeah in. And he brought he brought his dolly, and he was an awesome dolly grip yeah, for Kevin's, us. Kevin was great. I mean, we mm-hmm. Eric oh, Yanich yeah. came in, my friend from Philadelphia, who's been my friend since we were in kindergarten. You know, we've been close for the longest time, and he just he, became a, our second shooter. in a B camera. Twenty four hours later, he was here shooting. You know, like you, you, some things just fall into your lap, and and you know, going back and looking at it, the reshoot was worth every single penny spent because it, it really does sell the film. And and again, like Nick said, pacing. You know, it it. The, the first opening act of, or opening sequence there, those first two and a half, three minutes, is going to, sh- it's a bit of a shocker. Um, you know, and, it's the attention grabber that we want. Yeah. And kudos to our actress, Jenna. She, she, she put up with us for two, two days. I mean, it was, what? It ended up being three days when she was all wrapped of her just being <laughs> dirty, covered in blood. <laughs> crawling on a floor. She's just, you know, there's all sorts of different, like, there was, there's, you know, the, I mean, we, we had a, where we had a dance studio. I mean, it was just dirty. I mean, the floor was so dirty that we were walking barefoot on it. You know, the, uh, the whole team. I mean, everybody. And there was, you know, there's, you'll see in the opening sequence. Um, you know, we, we, there there was a lot of efforts that that went into everything. You know, I I think that 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 goes a long way because there was, again, Croner, you were covered at, at times. I remember seeing blood all over your all over your pants and stuff. And it, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of scenes and a lot of sequences. You know, that that happened. You know, and, Jenna actually was her that, that we we got the the one studio to be able to shoot in for the opening act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it just fell into our laps sometimes. It just happens. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's Body Farm. That's Body Farm. That's what we got so far. So uh, you know, just bear with us. We're gonna keep on grinding, and we're hoping by uh, beginning of November, mid-November, once the uh, once the baby's born. Yeah. Once once, once Lewis Wolf comes out. Crowder, <laughs> uh, what do you got working? Yeah, what do you well, working on? What's up in the man? future? Uh, I don't really have bouncing the ball back oh, to the oh, podcast oh, oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. Now you're just putting you on the spot. Bounce the spot. pass. I play basketball oh, once. Uh, I don't really have anything going on right now. I, uh, I don't know. I've just been taking a break from this. This has been the only project I've been really been working on uh, so far, and uh, film related. Um, I mean, I've been doing uh, personal, you know, personal projects here and there. You just started this podcast back up. Yeah, which, like I said, we appreciate you having and, us on. This is great. Yeah, it's just... Uh, I'm not that I, appreciative. I, <laughs> Clearly. Wow, well, wow. Well, yeah. I'm the one that says thank you for everything, not Nick. I speak for him. <laughs> no thank oh, yeah. you. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to start a podcast. So this was like kind of the, the perfect opportunity to kind of get that ball rolling. Yeah, and, definitely. Gave us know, a good with, chance to, to get people... Ra- yeah, with wrapping this, this uh, production up, you know. There's get no you guys on here talking about it and talking about film in general and, uh, you know, just kind of like rolling through your experiences and like what you learned, what, uh, you know, what techniques we use to uh, film this and resources and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it was, it was just a good way of just uh, getting, you know, more involved in the community and just kind of getting people's you know, getting it out there, you know, what, what these people do and, you know, how it relates to, you know, film. I mean, it can be film, television, Mm -hmm. you know, sound. Filmmaking's tough too in this city. I mean, it's, it's hard to break into and it's hard to, you know, like you said, like seeing what these people are doing out in the community. It's like all of the people that came together 
everyone's worked on different projects. And yeah. David Ogredowski, I feel like, has acted in more he's projects. In yeah. He's, yeah. His resume is... It's, it's incredible. It's a PDF. Because it's, 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 it's like it's, any other film production... volumized. ...that mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, that I've been on, um, you know, he's, he seems like he, he pops Kevin. up on... Kevin Haina. Oh yeah, Kevin. 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 Kevin is the godsend of our set. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when let things me... get too kooky and crazy amongst a group of friends, you have Kevin yeah, being he, like, "Hey, Nick." Time frame. Time frame. Gotta go. Yep. You're right, Kevin. You're no, right. Kevin. And Back I, home, I get yeah. Yeah. kudos, kudos to Kevin because nobody can read our notes but me and Kevin. We have our own, our own. It's the same handwriting. <laughs> we have the exact same handwriting, and most people can't read it at all. But I can, like, for my editing notes. He's, it he's, looks like it was written in tur- during turbulence on an airplane. <laughs> um, yeah, we do really good work. Um, hey, it worked. The whole thing came together. It so. did, and I mean, like Kevin is literally. It would be, hey, Kevin, I uh, got the shoot coming up in a couple weeks. He and I would debrief over the phone, figure things out, and uh, then Kevin would sleep in my guest room, and uh, I'd wake Kevin up, and uh, we'd head on over to set. Um, but yeah, Kevin they, just he's a workhorse, a like, complete work. That's that's the best. Yeah, there was workhorse. a point we were we were short on extras for the West Virginia shoot, and Kevin and I were on the phone. At like 11.30, 12 o'clock at night the night before, trying to get extras, trying to get clearances for tattoos and things like that, yeah. just making sure that all the ducks were in order for the next day. Like Kevin, literally, and then, I, I don't think he sleeps. I, it's impressive how much he can do on a cup of coffee. He wouldn't have eaten either if like we you know, didn't you force him. Weren't, weren't, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin it's lunchtime. You need to eat. No, I have to go over my notes and stop it, Kevin. You need, you need to, to go eat right now. Yeah, <laughs> so he, a Kevin, we're not a robot. <laughs> yeah, he's he's impressive. I mean, and I'll tell you what, I, he's a hell of a director too. I'll, so. I'll bring, oh, yeah. I, I would want Kevin on my set anytime, anywhere. I mean, he's he's amazing. Again, oh, I'm yeah. talking about somebody with three jobs, sometimes four or five for him. I mean, he was you know he script supervisor, first AD, mm-hmm. yeah. second AD. If you really got into the nitty gritty of it, what like line producer? Well, that, it got the point yeah. where I'd ask you, I'm like, well, what are what are we? officially calling him on set because he's got like five jobs yeah. i mean he's it's just incredible i mean it, it again an essential part like you Cron, there are certain guys that are essential parts of this that like mm-hmm. it, it's unbelievable that oh, we've yeah. gotten this lucky that that to, to work with all of you guys i don't think some people realize that uh you know who may not work in film as much or you know only see things from you know when they're going to from you know as an audience member that how much like certain jobs do on set like especially ad's uh, you know kevin hania i mean he's he's in charge of safety he's in charge of organization oh, yeah. he's in charge yeah. of every all these different little aspects it's unbelievable um uh, mm-hmm. and the one thing too and kevin was great with this and you and tim both were is okay we've set this tone in this scene we shot it four months ago now yeah. this is like brandon's character walking through the to the next scene how do we match that lighting? Because these rooms are side by side. That's um, crazy. I mean, I, I Tim, Tim was great for keeping all of that organized. He's like, well, we oh, actually yeah. use blue lighting coming through here. I was like, yeah. okay, so then we got to have a we had a little spot of blue here, and then we go to all of those things came together, and I yeah. think it was kudos to those people involved that were able to do that because I know in my head I had it. Yeah. But then that whole idea of you're on set, I'm acting and I'm directing at the same time. It's this weird balance that you're trying to find. Yeah. I mean, you see, there's behind the scenes footage that we're going to put together. And there's times where Nick and I are goofing off and Tim Roberts and Amber Lane are in the background just busting their butts, putting lights up. Oh, and yeah, do, you Tim. know, I mean, there's so much that goes on. Yeah, there were there's points so where I'm much- like, Tim, I need this, this, this and this. And Tim and you and, and Kevin and Amber and Luke Everybody just goes oh, and yeah, does yeah. it, and I'm like, yeah. I feel useless. Yeah, <laughs> it's impressive though to watch you guys just go do your thing, and it. In 20 minutes later, I show up and everything's ready to go. We in in the body farm <coughs> itself. Me. The prison is in the basement because it's the only thing that wasn't demolished by the tornado. Right. And when I tell this to Tim, Tim gets wide eyed because when we walked in on set, it's a four, three or four story cell block. Yeah. <laughs> How are we going to make this basement? And so we went through. I actually ended up. What did I you, never used them. Did you use? I bought pool covers. Black, oh, yeah. Black swimming pool covers. Oh, is that what those were? I, I never even. We didn't asked. use them. We ended up. I ended up being oh. able to return them because they stayed wrapped up. Tim comes in. Don't, with, let, pe- don't let people know your secrets. I'll let anybody know my secrets. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing a book. Uh, and yeah. Tim, Tim comes in. Because Tim and I are like, how are we going to get this? I find out that they have pool covers that are like 200 feet. 
Because this, I'm telling you, this cell block was massive. I give you credit. You did, you did just go and find a way to get it done. I, and, I, well, Tim came in, and Tim's like, well, I have like, but mind you, I, Tim's I, like, I have a million feet of this black garbage bag-like material, and you can return your pool covers. I'm like, I will return my pool pool covers are one of the most expensive things I've bought. Now, mind you, I, here, here, let me just say real quick, I knew nothing about all this. I, in fact, I didn't even know anything about it until I got on set and the, the covers were already being placed up there. And Nick was like, yeah, do you remember me telling you about that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And I honestly, but my mind was somewhere else. And like, they're still just, all you guys were just getting things done. I mean, it's, it's just, it's really awesome. Like, I mean, that's, I commend all of you guys for that because it was just, there's just so many things that go on and that just get done. And thanks to you guys busting your butts, it, it found a way to get finished. And I didn't even honestly know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I, now, uh, that was a panic mode because I forget the I forget what the first solution was. And we were shooting, what, Sunday? We were shooting on a Sunday, and it was like Wednesday or Thursday. It was either you or Tim called me, and whatever that first solution was fell through. I um, think that was Tim. Yeah, whatever it was fell through. You had me focusing more on the camera stuff and him focusing more on, you know, lighting. On lighting and figuring yeah. all that out. And and I'm like, Tim, what do we do? And, and he and I were on the phone for a little bit, and I called Kevin because Kevin's always my bounce board. We go off of each other. It's like, hey, can I ask for advice? It goes back and forth. Uh, get those random phone calls. Um, and uh, I'm like, He doesn't I'm call me for anything. I'm useless, so... <laughs> I'm, uh, no, it's how to read each other's notes. Uh, yeah, I, that's, and, that's, that's uh, what I'm looking at. I'm sitting there, I'm like, what, what is big and what is, will not let light through? And I'm like racking my brain. I think I did like 10 different Google searches and all of a sudden it just pops into my head, swimming pool covers. And so I go to the <laughs> swimming pool store and I literally explained everything to this woman. I'm like, I need these to block out light for like 150 feet of <laughs> prison I cells. I told her, I was like, it's pr for prison cells. I need it to block out the light. You may be getting these back because I may not open this box at all. I was like, what's your return policy? And she's like, well, you have 30 days and this and this, because it cannot be opened and the, the zip ties cannot be off of the box. Great, I'll take to myself, five. I'm like, I can't even test them then if I break the zip, because they're like the real fancy yeah, zip ties. Yeah, I can't they're even put them back on. Uh, <laughs> Again, Nick can find a way though to pinch those pennies. He's he's good at it. <laughs> and uh, so I bought those, and I told my wife, I was like, I put those on the credit card. I really hope that because it was like a couple hundred dollars in pool covers. I was like, I put those on the credit card. I really hope, uh, really I hope, hope I can return those. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it worked out. And and Tim Tim called me. I want to say it was Saturday morning. He's like, I think I got it, or sent me a text or something. And all of a sudden, he showed up with just miles of this black garbage bag Wait, did we shoot at that on a sunday sunday yeah we we followed netflix Man. at the west virginia state pen yes mine hunters was there yeah they were there yeah. for yeah. weeks or months before us we were we were we shooting there and they still had all their gear like fenced off yeah it looked pretty they cool left, they left thursday or friday and we were there on sunday yeah, yeah that was pretty cool um so, so yeah i mean it was crazy it's just like i said it's just been surreal i mean it's like it's the chance to make a movie with some of your closest friends and like getting to visit some of the places that we have. We've gone places that I never expected it to work out that way. You know, Nick was the one that contacted the Moundsville State Prison in West Virginia. And he's like, hey, they're film friendly. Like, let's go take a tour. We yeah, they a told tour me. They're like, we're film friendly. And four of us went down and uh -huh. did a tour and got freaked out. That's, it's haunted. yeah, it's, it's very, haunted. it's very creepy. Ask uh, Mike yeah, Reaping. Mike Reaping still freaks out about it. Yeah. Well, they what do they do? The, like the night tours or something? Yeah, they do. They lock you in it. They lock you in the in the prison and they yeah. lock the whole place. I'll never until do that. six a.m. I really I'm, want to do that. I still want. I to think do I'm that. good. I'm. I, we shot what we needed to shoot. We screamed enough in those prison cells to <laughs> yeah. wake up any spirits. That if I walk back I was, in there, I'm probably doomed. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I will do it. So if there's anyone out there who wants to do it with me. Dave Major was all about it. Dave Major. Dave Major wants to do so, it. I know he's your favorite. You guys love yeah, each other. I, I, love <laughs> I love how you guys would just poke he's, at each other. He's, <laughs> he's my man candy on set. <laughs> that mustache and everything. You can't beat all that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well yeah. real quick before we do wrap it up. Yeah. Um, to talk, uh, we'll change gears a little bit. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that was good. Uh, Brandon's fixing his mic. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, I will be shooting Kecksburg next spring. Kecksburg's an alien film. It's a period alien film uh, set in the middle part of the century, 50s, 60s. Um, and I'll be playing an 
kind of a, a men in black, if you will, uh, style alien Hosting an intergalactic kegger. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm playing Rip Torn. We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger. This is, this is not a documentary. When, when does that it. filming start? Uh, I believe I start filming nights in March or April. And I drive a 51 Studebaker. Ooh. Which nice. I'm... Which, I, which I'm pretty pumped about. But uh, the whole thing with the film is Cody Knotts is directing, and I worked with Cody and his wife, uh, Emily, on um, Gore Orphanage a couple years back where I played a Nas man with a southern drawl. Um, and, uh, <laughs> hey, it's my thing. The drawl. Southern drawl. <laughs> Sounded like my Uncle Danny. Um, and, well, my, my wife's Uncle Danny. Um, see why we didn't, see why it took two and a half years. This is what happened. This is um, I, I, <laughs> slides I, right off topic real yeah. quick. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're shooting Kecksburg. It's a period film. A lot of good people involved. Uh, a lot of things are coming together for it. It's known as one of the top alien landing sites in the world. So this is kind of like a awesome. This is nice. Kind of like a fictional account of mm. the aliens coming to Kecksburg, West Virginia. Um, and there's some really cool poster art. They just did something at the Monrovo Comic Con nice. uh, recently. And uh, I talked to Cody a little bit. I was like, Cody, what can I mention? And Cody's like, mention the 51 Studebaker. I was like, done. Got it. <laughs> um, but the thing with it is, is they put so much time and effort. Emily's a great costumer, and she really hits. Gore Orphanage was a period piece shot on a low budget. Um, this is a period piece shot on a low budget. And they get it done, and they really know how to do it, so it looks pretty and they're getting all the right people involved all the classic cars all of the locations everything like that and and something i'm looking forward to doing because who doesn't want to shoot with aliens um yeah it's hard to talk let about alone like, hunt them yeah and i get to have a cool pompadour and a, and a suit so <laughs> it's hard to talk about an alien apocalypse and not get excited so. yeah i mean i might go home and watch mars attacks that's a great film Ugh, i hate that movie so. <laughs> actually that is my <laughs> hands down my most hated movie that uh, literally time machine. my least favorite movie ever is Mars Attacks. Yeah, but Jack Michaelson's sexy in it though. Uh, I just I can't. <laughs> oh, really? I just have a problem with that movie. All right. Well, okay. Corona doesn't <laughs> like that movie. We're bringing it, it down. Bringing it down. Right. Bringing down Sorry. the podcast. Sorry, okay. Way to wrap it up. Just. Like... <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we've uh, said it all at this point. I mean, we give we didn't want to yeah. give away too too much, but at least inform people of what uh, the current status is with it and where we are, and uh, it's very much. Alive and well. We're going to uh, keep on grinding, and I hope Keep on grinding. We're going to talk here. Actually, once this is wrapped up, get some notes done. All right. Yeah, probably yeah. not. I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> here we yeah. go. Uh, Again, on my own. Uh, oh, each other. Do you have any projects you want to plug, uh, Brandon? You know what? Right now, uh, I'm I'm not, not really doing work. body farming. Yeah, body, body farming farm. is it. I mean, that's that's the one that I've been working all in. I mean, if, body farm if anybody out there does have any projects where you're, you're looking for a producer or an actor or, you know. Yeah. Feel free to hit me up, but I'm right now a tall guy that's six four and needs a lot of room and doesn't like to work on sets that are only seven feet high, which Nick does to me a lot <laughs> and often. In fact, almost every cheap set. sets or low sets, old houses. It's easy to light, right, Steve? Easy to light. <laughs> low, low. No, not low ceilings. I think I've plugged my company enough times in this film that I don't have to plug anything. Yeah, in he's this actually going to change the title. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a uh, a KVT logo in every scene. It, yeah, it, it, was yeah in, it was in the contract for. Yeah, I, I for, read. Uh, you know, had all my all my people agreement. writing things up that uh, you know. Oh, a couple big thank yous to the Rivertown Company, mm -hmm. Edison Learning. Yes. The Moundsville State Penitentiary. Mm -hmm. uh, just some shout outs in terms of locations. Janet Myers. Um, yeah, there's there's just so, so, there's many. so many people out there. Big thank you to everybody. Yeah. But those companies mainly mm -hmm. helped us out. Really helped us with locations. We shot at Rivertown, what, four days? Different yeah. Rivertown locations around the Pittsburgh area we shot at. Four there was days. Just, yeah, there's just so much, like, that goes into it to, like... I don't know how someone gives one of those speeches, you know, at the, at the award ceremonies, because it's like... I'd go I, I could go on it. for three hours about every single person. I mean, there's so, many, there's so much that goes into it. It's hard to, like... But, yeah, I would, I would become sidetracked. Yeah, Nick would go on a rant about Mars talking, Attacks or yeah, something. Talking about They'd be like, like pushing you off stage. All the I get the music. <laughs> ba -ba 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 -ba. <laughs> they're, they're trying to play me off. I really need to... <laughs> <laughs> like trying to drag them off. Yeah. 
I think it's so, the shepherd's hook. No, that's that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it. I think we've yeah sort of said it all as far as uh, you know uh, the, the film and what we've done. I mean, I hope yeah. We... How can uh, people follow you to get more oh, you know, yeah. information or just yeah? Um, I'll be posting updates and stuff on Instagram, which is just at KBT Productions. Um, okay. And obviously on Facebook, uh, you know, we have KBT Productions on there, and my my personal Facebook, which I post up stuff. It's all linked, and Twitter, same thing at KBT Productions. Um, okay. And we'll be uh, releasing probably something uh, as far as the official release coming up soon. So just bear with us while we get the uh, score finished up and um, probably put another trailer out there. Um, there's a couple that are on my Facebook page right now. And, uh, yeah. and Nick, how can we uh, get in contact with you or follow you? Or... Well, I'm in a van down by the river. Oh, yeah. <laughs> down by the river. oh. Right. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you can find me at my motivational speaker. Um, Hashtag uh, Matt Foley, motivational speaker. Uh, he, just, no. he just can't let him go. You know? He just has no, um, to, to uh, I have a, the, It's a blog section, but it's just, I do updates. If you, you can actually go back through, and pretty much every production day of Body Farm, there's a little blurb on how it went, who was involved. The thanks that are out there. I didn't even know you had people. that. Why didn't you tell? You never told me about. I that. don't tell anybody about it. I think my mom reads it sometimes. <laughs> He's a hard worker. Uh, <laughs> he knows how to spread the word. Only, only your mom. Yeah, she's our, she's our, uh, she, she vets all of my media posts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, oh, don't, don't post that. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> she's so like the, the two and a half the years PR of this. Person it's been or... glorious. <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate you having us on, man. Yeah, thanks, awesome. Steve. Um, if you want to uh, follow more content, um, this is at uh, you can have a cipher. This is a uh, for Cipher I Media, um, which is there's a Facebook page if you want to follow, like or follow that, um, or there's a Twitter account at Cipher I Media, um, which. I don't think I've posted it on in a while. So it's because he hasn't taken a Cypher I Media selfie. Oh, yeah. And then hey, we should probably finish this with a Cypher I Media selfie. Yeah, can we get in real quick? Just <laughs> Over here, go this way. Yeah, so the, camera's so the camera can see it. Oh, okay. Cypher oh. I Media selfie. Here we go. Ready? Uh, don't put the those up. Oh, yes. We got it. Good. We're good. All right. Good. Cypher I Media selfie. Cypher we'll I Media sure selfie. Throw it up there Which on Which is Instagram. also a blog. I mean, a personal blog. I, have a, I think I have The a name blog. started at Body Farm. Yeah, it started at Body Farm. We threw Croner in the trunk of a car and made him film. And then, and then in the I middle of picture. filming in 20 degree weather, he's taking a picture of himself. Cypher <laughs> I Media Selfie. I think that's actually my Twitter, my personal Twitter, which is uh, S E C R O N E R. Um, the picture on there is actually the selfie yeah, that you, started you, it. You all. give that plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny, but you can follow it. Where uh, the name came from, it's, it's cool. on there. So. Thank you, folks. Yeah, thank, yeah, you, thank, thank you, everybody. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. Great. All right. All right. All right. Adios. Woo. Seacrest out. Thank you.